0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, one of our favorite companies, one of our favorite sponsors. Four Sigmatic specializes in superfoods, medicinal mushrooms, and adaptogenic herbs, and they make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. If you're looking for a coffee alternative to switch up your caffeine intake, Four Sigmatic has the blends for you. They're all delicious. Just open a pack and add to hot water. They don't taste like mushrooms, and like always, we have a special offer just for the him and her listeners. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash skinny and enter promo code skinny at checkout for 15% off your entire order. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostic are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready
1: for some major realness.
0: Welcome to the skinny confidential, him and her. Uh-huh.
2: You don't need to have a lot of deals under your belt to get a vast knowledge of learning all the data, all the comps. So I always tell people who are looking to get into the business, pick a few neighborhoods that you want to focus on and learn everything about those neighborhoods. Like learn all the houses that have sold, learn the average price per square foot, learn the average sales price, read up on articles on who bought what. That way you are the expert in that area, even if you haven't, you know, sold any homes yet.
1: Happy, happy Friday. It's almost the weekend. We are going to Texas this weekend, which should be interesting. But we are back with a new episode today with Farah Brittany. You guys may have seen her on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I feel like she makes a lot of cameos. She's also a mastermind real estate agent at the agency. Like seriously, she is a seller and she's a hustler. And today she's talking real estate, entrepreneurship, and morning routines. And today, as your host, you have me, Lauren Everett Bostic. I'm the creator of The Skinny Confidential, a podcast, book, brand, and blog.
0: And Michael. Back for another episode. Taylor, how many of these things are we at now? 250, 230, 220? I don't even know how. We're losing track. Wow, 224.
1: So, how Farah and I met was through Instagram. We connected because we are obsessed with optimizing our day and our routine. And we ended up going out to dinner. We went to Dan Tana's and just like caught up like old friends. It was like we've known each other forever. And then after that, we had to do a double date and all we could talk about was productivity hacks and and optimization and daily routines. After stalking her Instagram highlights, which you guys have to check out, she has all these really good tips, tricks, and hacks. So of course, I'm super excited for this episode. Like I said, we're getting very, very micro and into it. And she has the most iconic family I mean, between Kyle Richards, Paris Hilton, Kathy Hilton, Nikki Hilton, she has some history, guys. With that, let's welcome Farrah Brittany to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show.
0: Four Sigmatic. It is the year of the mushroom, people. At least that's what Tarot, the founder and creator of Four Sigmatic, told me as I drove by Lost Inegas and saw a Four Sigmatic billboard. just reminds me. How much I love this brand, how much I love this company, Lauren.
1: I personally think that you guys should start with the mushroom hot cacao mix. Michael's always been a fan of the coffee, but I've being pregnant, like to wind down with something that's sweet. Even when I wasn't pregnant, though, I like to wind down with something sweet. Anyways, this is mushroom hot cacao mix, and it's filled with mushrooms. So you're gonna get all the benefits. Mushrooms are like have these insane benefits, and to be able to drink it in a hot cacao mix is like a warm hug from grandma. I even add some lemon on top, which sounds weird, but you got to try it. If
0: you're late to the game, late to this show, and haven't heard about Four Sigmatic, now's your chance. Americans drink a ton of coffee. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're one of those coffee drinkers because over 64% of Americans drink coffee. Not surprising data there. What was surprising to me is that we are not the biggest coffee drinkers in the world. Data shows that Finland, the Finns, drink the most coffee. Data also shows that they are the happiest people in the world. Why are they so happy? because they know their shit when it comes to coffee and they drink a lot of coffee. They also know their shit when it comes to mushrooms. And this time they have blended mushrooms and coffee together to make a delicious mushroom coffee elixir that you need to try.
1: They also guys have beautiful skin, which is like really important to me. And if you're wondering some other health benefits of mushrooms, they're high in iron, which is ideal when you're pregnant. You need a lot of iron. They repair DNA, reduce diabetes, boost immunity, high in antioxidants, ease asthma symptoms, help build body muscles, and contain B2 and 3 I mean, you can't get better here.
0: Can't get better, guys. They come in individualized packets so you can keep them in your bag, your desk, pocket, on the go. Take them anywhere you want. Add them to hot water and boom, you have a delicious, nutritious mushroom boost we've been talking about these guys for a long time we've had the founder tarot on this show multiple times he's coming back on soon so check them out go to foursigmatic.com slash skinny and enter promo code skinny for 15 percent off your entire order again that's foursigmatic.com slash skinny and enter promo code skinny for 15 percent off your entire order and
1: make sure you get the spicy mushroom hot cacao and you add lemon at night while you're watching tv he'll thank me later
0: This is The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her.
1: Did you see my picture on my Insta story with Paris? No. Oh my God, I gotta show it to you. I did not see. I gotta show it to you really quick. Let me see, let me see. So when I was like 19 or something, we saw Paris and Nikki, my friend and I, and we followed them in the bathroom. And I thought how fitting is this that I found this picture from like 1992 <laughs> so or something. <laughs> nice I got a shower. <laughs> we are
0: just like moving 1992, all 1992 um, you were yeah. like 6 years old. No,
1: I like printed out the picture and cuz you like could it was there was no cell phone. So I like yeah. printed out the picture and we took a selfie on um what are those cameras? I took a uh, picture on one of those I don't even know what it's called. What are the disposable Kodak. camera? Disposable. Yeah. Disposable. Wow. And I took one we're in so the bathroom. Now. And we took like a selfie. And then I just remember her saying that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. (laughs) And I was like, this is. Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed, and I Literally I, I framed changed. it in like a pink, pink situation. You so, know
0: why I love those old disposables It's like for me now. When she asked me to take a photo, it's like forty photos, right? I got boom, boom, boom. I just rapid fire them. Back right? then, you just got the one. And you if just you got another, the one, got one. One and down. done. Yeah. Literally
2: one and done. But okay, the fact so that you guys were doing selfies back in however long ago. It's crazy. I mean, she basically invented that. Well, <laughs> your cousin
1: invented influencer marketing, she in my opinion. Absolutely did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly,
2: she was the first influencer influencer. But she's the first person that made a brand out of herself. Yes. Yes. And has been consistent throughout the years of promoting herself, her brand and becoming a name. And she did that all,
1: all on her own. And I feel like a lot of people in your family, though, have done that. I mean, it's it's like you guys, I was just telling you before we got on the mic that each, each one of the women in your family and men are really dominant. I mean,
2: confident, beautiful, smart.
0: We got a pool of overachievers in that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it all
2: came from my grandmother. So she was this dynamic woman and she had such a big personality. And she, when she left her ex-husband, her whole thing was never depend on a man for anything. So she taught her daughters, you're all going to be somebody. And so are your kids and this family. Every, everybody is going to be somebody in this family. So that's basically what happened. And
1: How do you think she taught that? Like, looking back when you you evaluate it, how do you think she... Because, I mean, that's something I want to teach, you know,
2: my future kids is don't rely on anyone but yourself. I think that she really supported them. Her daughters made them believe in themselves, made them believe that they could do anything they wanted to do, be whoever they wanted to be. When Paris was actually a baby, she her nickname was star. And my grandmother said, you're going to be a star. And she died actually just as Paris was starting to really make a name for herself. But she saw a little bit about it. She saw a little of, you know, the transformation, but she just knew, she just knew that this is, you know, our family, the women in our family were smart, independent, strong, and that everybody could be somebody if they wanted to be. And is
1: your mom doing that? Because your mom has four daughters. Which yes. is
2: insane. Like, they see- tried for a son. They tried and tried and tried and tried and it did not happen. And they just said, you know what? Forget it. They did all the, you know, scientific techniques. And then the second they just said, for, you know, fuck it. Let's just go natural. Porsche came. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's a lot of estrogen in the house.
1: That's, I think <laughs> yeah. Mauricio, though, does, on Housewives, like, he does a good
2: job of managing it. Oh, he is the best dad's, you know, girl's kind of dad. Yeah. You know, he's masculine, but he loves it. He's the king of the house. There's like four girl dogs, four <laughs> girls. I mean, five with my mom. It's just complete estrogen and he, he, he loves it.
1: No, I think what I was telling Michael, what I find attractive in a man is when they're masculine, but they also are able to tap into their feminine side. And I think like a man like Joe Rogan, he has, I think he has two or three daughters. Really? Yeah. And he no uh, he has his wife, obviously. And so he, I think he does a really good job of balancing that.
0: They say, and this may be legend or it might not be true. They say men with a lot of testosterone will, are more likely to produce women.
2: Really, mm-hmm. that's so, so interesting. Say.
0: If you think about some of the guys that have daughters, oh my god,
2: my boyfriend's gonna be like, "What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so he's so open on having could a son." That can be completely have BS, but um, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Mauricio seems like he has a lot of testosterone. That's probably a compliment.
0: Well, I'm saying
2: that. Well, I feel like the more masculine you are, the more comfortable you are, you know, maybe with yourself. And so you don't mind being a little feminine in some areas or more sensitive because you're just confident. Exactly. (laughs) Bingo.
1: So looking back on the way your mom raised you guys, four daughters, what are some things that you think maybe she got from your grandma or things that she's instilled in you that you think are really valuable?
2: As kids, I think she never treated us like kids. Like she treated us like, not like adults, but if we had an opinion, she would listen. She would really support what we wanted to do. And she was really, she was strict. She was strict. So she had a lot of rules, you know, but a lot of positive reinforcement. So she would always tell me, you can have whatever you want. You know, I'll get you this for Christmas or for your birthday, but... You have to, you know, work for it. So when I would get good grades in high school or in school in my whole life, I would work towards a goal. And so that positive reinforcement kind of, you know, instilled a work ethic within us.
0: Well, I think it's really important for parents to think about, and we're not parents yet, obviously, but you know, it doesn't matter where you start, whether you come from a a family that's, you know, um, that's got a little bit of backing or where you come what I'm trying to say here is that it's important to instill confidence and goals into children. I think
2: absolutely because
0: there's a lot of people that, you know, if you grow up privileged and you're just given things, but without the incentive of like, Hey, this was given to you because this, this, and this occurred before you could get it. I think that's where kids get in a little bit of trouble, but if you can instill like, Hey, you're going to be rewarded with this type of thing, but in order to get it, you have to do these things. I think that's what's important. That's the missing component. A lot of parents that, that, that start to make some money have problems with, right? Like they don't instill, um, drive the basic foundation basically.
2: But what's funny is I'll just point out our lives have drastically changed in the past 10 years since the show. Like I did not grow up with this kind of lifestyle. I was, we were always comfortable, you know? Um, but when my sisters were born, we were living in a two bedroom apartment in Beverly Hills. So, and the agency, our company is Mm -hmm. only eight years old and the housewife show is only 10 years old. So we always had a great life. I always went to the best schools and, The lifestyle that we have now is nothing like it was when I was little. I remember when I was little, I always wanted a house with stairs. And I would ask my stepdad, I'd say, When are we gonna buy a house with stairs? When are we gonna buy a house with stairs? And he would say, Well, when we have 13 cushions, you have to kind of come up with a, you know, way to put it to a seven-year-old. And so every day I'd say, Do we have how many cushions do we have now? And he said, we have seven cushions. Now the next month we have, we still have seven cushions. Um, so, you know, my life then versus like what Portia's life is now so different. So I think it's a lot harder for my mom actually now to make sure to instill the same values in my younger sisters because they just have, you know, total different lifestyle.
0: When parents get tired, right? Are you the oldest? And the oldest. Yeah, 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 the oldest. The oldest, oldest always yeah. has the hardest, right? The, the oh, parents oh are the hardest God. on the oldest. God. Oh, are you God. kidding? The Crimea River, you guys. No, it's true. Because I'm the they, oldest still. What oh, about you? Is then, <laughs> yeah. You know, like the parents, the middle one. Like, you're Play the your one, violin, if, Michael. <laughs> no, you, the parents are the strictest on the oldest because they have the highest expectations. And then they're like, Absolutely. okay, maybe we're being a little too extra. And then the, the middle one gets a little easier. The youngest is like, that's the baby, and their parents are checked out and they're tired. It's
2: crazy the difference. I mean, I wasn't allowed to drive with anybody's parents, anyone's babysitters, anyone's siblings. My mom had to talk to everyone's parents. I mean, it was, I had, you know, such strict curfew, just strict, strict. And I think it worked well, um, but with each sister Definitely, they become more and more lax. Yeah,
0: if my sisters are listening, you guys got it way easier. You guys are soft, totally soft.
1: I want to talk about your work ethic and and where that sort of began because your work ethic, I, I you know, I watch you. I've I've seen your Instagram stories, and you know, we've gone out to dinner. I've talked with you, and you you have this incredible drive and in work ethic. Is that something that you put on yourself, or is it something that you think you've learned through your parents? Like go back, like back
2: when you were little. I think it's a mixture of both because my mom always tells me she says. I never had to worry about you because you always just did it. Because I used to get mad at her. I'd be like, why don't you ask me when the SATs are? Or why don't you ask me when this... All the other parents are writing their kids' essays. And she said, I never had to with you because I was so proactive. So I think that was that's just my personality. And then again, I think with them constantly like praising and giving me that positive reinforcement of working hard, that also helped. And that's definitely just, I have that perfectionist personality and in some ways it's great, but in other ways it can also be limiting. It can also be stressful. What ways do you think it's limiting? Sometimes you just have to, you don't have to be so overly prepared because sometimes it can stop you from doing things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure I've missed out on many opportunities because I just thought, what if there's a chance I don't do it exactly right? So let me just maybe not even give it a shot at all. That's something I'm really working on this year.
0: I think it's important for people to talk about this stuff, especially someone that's achieved as much as you have, like to to talk about working on yourself in areas that you don't feel as strong.
2: Right. So yeah, when I turned thirty this year, I already have a successful business. I do well. But I was You really, do really well. I do I do really she well. But I was just ready to take it. Up to the next level, not only in work, but also in my personal life. And I kind of realized it like trickles down into both areas. And funny enough, when you and I had dinner, Lauren, the first time, you said to me, You know, you just put a lot of ideas into my head about where I could take my business to the next level. And then saying with my real estate coach. And so I've realized that, you know, I wanna put myself out there more. I wanna grow my business. I wanna expand my business. And you can't really do those things unless you're you know dealing with things that make you uncomfortable every day. And so I think maybe I even heard you say this and con- this is like common theme that I I'm just coming across probably because I'm seeking it out in the universe. But you should be doing something that makes you uncomfortable every day. That's the only way you're going to grow. So if that means, you know, taking on a public speaking event in front of a large crowd or just something that you don't want to do, like it's okay even if you're not perfect at it. And so that's what I'm trying to navigate is like being open to more opportunities, even if I might not be perfect at it in the beginning.
0: I think I told you this, or maybe I didn't tell you this, but you know, like before, I mean, if you would have met me... Three and a half years ago, it's like right before this show started. My biggest fear, which is crazy, because I've done some wild shit in my life. My crazy, my biggest fear was public speaking. Couldn't speak in front of really would never talk to anybody. Look
1: at you now. Now he doesn't shut the fuck up. (laughs) up, Jesus, Taylor. No,
0: I would think like I would have these like dreams, like oh my god, and then morbid dreams too. I'm like, what if I have to speak at someone's wedding, or like even worse, what if I speak at Me too. What if I speak at a funeral and I can't do it? Or like, what if I now you know I go around and I speak and I and I do this show, but it's. What it was, it was constant repetition of putting ourselves out there and right. speaking and, and honestly, in a weird way, putting yourself on the show and social media and talking and all the over right. time, you just get comfortable. But in the beginning, it was extremely uncomfortable for me.
2: Exactly. I actually learned something recently from somebody who told me confidence doesn't always come first. Sometimes if you just commit to do the thing, no matter what, like take massive action and just commit to do it and the confidence might follow. So I just keep that in my head and I'm like, okay, this is really helpful.
1: And what are some tactics or habits that you do every single day to help you get uncomfortable? Like, is there any any books you study or
2: people that you talk to or podcasts you consume? So I have a real estate coach who I speak to twice a day. Um, we have a one-on-one call once a week, but then it's twice a day. It's a group call. And he's really pushing me like every day. He's like, I want you to lead the call today. I want you to speak up you know, no hiding in the shadows. And I'm, I don't have a problem speaking or talking or to people. I just, for some reason, when it's like a group setting or a larger setting, I get really nervous. So he's pushing me. And then when I had dinner with you guys and you just said, who cares what anyone thinks? Just say what you want to say. That also stuck with me. And then I decided why not share kind of, the behind the scenes on my social media. And that is like a low stakes way where it's not like I have to do it. I can, but I'm going to commit to do it at least once a week, which is what I've started to do. And that kind of kills multiple birds with one stone. It caused, you know, it helps me be more comfortable sharing, being vulnerable and also helping people along the way because people are reaching out to me saying, I really needed to hear that today. Like, thank you so much. And I'm like, okay, wow, this is not so hard. And it's helping people. Hold up before we
1: dive into that, let's talk about your super.com. Okay, so tons of questions on if I'm drinking coffee during pregnancy. And I'm just going to be real with you guys. I am drinking a couple sips of coffee, but I've replaced my typical two huge cups of iced coffee a day with matcha. You've probably seen that on my stories. I just think it feels healthier when you're pregnant. I can't explain it, but you don't want a lot of coffee. So matcha is like the perfect replacement. And the matcha that I've been using is from yoursuper.com. So let me tell you all about it. We'll get specific, okay? Basically, Your Super is on a mission to improve people's Health with the power of super plants. It sounds so witch doctory. I love it. They make it super easy for you to get the nutrients your body needs to thrive. So your super's functional superfood and plant protein mixes are made from naturally dried organic whole foods and superfoods, and nothing else. So you know exactly what you're getting. So you're getting a hundred percent transparent supply chain, and you know you're getting the cleanest superfood mixes on the market. This is obviously extremely important to me when I'm pregnant. I wanted to know exactly where my matcha was coming from. I'm actually very, very picky when it comes to matcha. There's bad matcha out there. And this powder matcha mix is legit. So like I said, I get the powder matcha mix and it helps me stay alert all day, but without the sugar crash and without the caffeine jitters. My doctor recommended that if I'm going to drink caffeine, I do like 200 milligrams a day. So this is very ideal and perfect. Energy is extremely important to me because with being pregnant, I'm freaking tired. And the power matcha really, really is keeping me on my toes. Also, their site, Your Super, has so many free recipes and other resources so you can go and get creative with how you add their superfood mixes into your meals. Get the cleanest superfood and plant protein mixes at yoursuper.com. That's Y O U R Super.com. You get 15% off your order when you use code SKINNY at checkout. Try the Power Matcha. Let me know what you think. Just go to yoursuper.com. And don't forget, you get 15% off with promo code SKINNY at checkout. All right, let's get back to the show. This is so interesting to me. Like, I almost want to do a case study on it because your cousin has made a career off not giving a fuck what anyone thinks. Like, that's like, which like, I, you know, everyone could channel a little Paris. And then your mom is obviously on housewives and she puts herself out there. So it's almost like you like sort of went a different way at first. And then you realize, okay, no, I'm actually going to, you channel some of this and mix it with all your strengths. So,
2: totally. And you're utilizing both. And also, cause I'm just realizing lately the people I'm attracted to on social media are people that are sharing like the whole story, not just the pretty picture, you know, mm-hmm. being vulnerable, sharing the things that, I'm like, why am I continuing to watch this and watch this? But you're like addicted to watching it. And so, yeah, my 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 cousins, they don't care what anyone thinks. Like they're doing their own thing. But what's different is I'm like going all the way down the end and like kind of just think sharing like more of my thoughts and vulnerabilities rather than just getting up there and just doing like a real estate video, which is all, you know, might be scary too. But to me, this is extra scary to say like, okay, today I'm feeling a little insecure or, you know, whatever it is, or I have anxiety about all the things I have to do today. And I feel overwhelmed. Like to me, that is terrifying to share because after I'm like, does anyone care about this? But everyone, I mean, people care.
0: Have you guys ever watched children play? Like, I know that sounds like a strange question but it's it's interesting I've been noticing lately where you But we were just at this kids birthday party and the kids they have no fear right they'll jump up they'll say anything they'll do anything mm-hmm. they'll make any like they're you know they're not guarded or if you've ever seen a little kid go skiing and they just charge yes. down a huge mountain. That, and they'll that, say whatever. Yeah. And grown adults are scared to go down these things right. and scared to say, th- I think what happens is as you get older and people start telling you no, and start saying, don't do this. And soci- society starts saying like, this is the way to do things. You start to build up this fear, right? You st- it, it starts to, to grow. Like each year you go on, you say, wait, I can't do that. I can't do that. And you lose your inhibition to just go and be childlike, right? And so Absolutely. it's interesting to get back to that place.
2: Yeah, totally. And then you start telling yourself stories about what you're like. You're like, oh, your I'm bad at this. Your narrative or I can't do this. And that just like builds and builds and builds.
0: And And you lose your creativity and your imagination. Absolutely. You have to get back to that place. You like have to channel your inner child because...
1: I respect that though so much about you, how you work on it every single day. There's not a lot of people that that see a weakness that they feel they have and work on it every single day.
2: I mean, that's really rare. I did not think it was going to be this would take this much energy and effort, but it really is like an everyday thing. Now I am trying to, because I am a perfectionist, I am trying to read books about it and like study and do as much coaching and everything that I can to kind of just be more agile, more comfortable, more open, all these different things.
1: I always say that that, um, for like eight years of my career, I said yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. And it served me so well until one day it didn't. Mm -hmm. And I had to pivot and start saying no and be more efficient with my time. It seems like being a perfectionist has gotten you so far in your career but now you're realizing, okay, maybe this isn't serving me in every area. And so you're pivoting and adjusting. Exactly. It's tri- totally it right. strips the yes. weapons
0: away from others as well, right? Like say there's somebody out there that wants to tear you down. Like, there, I mean, there's very few things, if any, that someone could come on and say about Lauren and I at this point that we probably haven't already said or shared ourselves. Right? right. And exactly. so I look at it as also something to build a little bit of armor where it's like you put yourself out there and you show those vulnerabilities. So when people want to attack you for anything, like, which will happen as you put yourself out there, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, we know that. We already said that.
2: Right. You can
1: get in front of it. Yeah. So, so what? When uh, w- there's cameras all over your house, are you like avoiding them? Like, what do you do? I mean, I can't imagine like coming home to my dad's house and there's
2: cameras everywhere. It's just normal to you. It's normal. To it's us normal by now. I mean, it's just six it months is. of the year, six days a week. My mom will say, hey, you know, we're doing a family dinner. I mean, the good thing about it, it is reality. So really, I just have to show up and have dinner. Yeah, it's a little weird having the cameras, but by now the crew has become like family. It's so not a big deal. Um, when it's an event, you know, a housewives event or a dinner, I usually don't go because I I, I'm, I only really want to be a part of it if it's actually like the reality of our family. So... How has your life changed? And
1: I'm interested in how your life has changed since Housewives has come on. Has it changed any way in your business, in your personal, when you go out to dinner? Like, how has the day-to-day changed?
2: The day-to-day probably has changed more than I realize, but it's hard to quantify, really. Uh I mean, yes, I have followers on Instagram. Okay. Yes, I get stopped every once in a while. I still find it very funny and weird. Um, in terms of business, you never really know who is coming because of that. Like sometimes you just get a hunch. You, you know when you're like out and you guys probably have this all the time, and someone will try to act like totally normal, but you can just tell by just a simple look. like they know who you are. and sometimes it's better they don't say anything, and sometimes it's better that they just say it, it they did, you know, that they know who you are, whatever., um, so when I get a phone call, I don't always know if it's a complete random referral. Or if it's potentially coming through the show or Instagram or whatever.
1: And and talk to us how you started working at the agency. Was that a decision you always knew you wanted to make? Or was it something that, that you know, was
2: thought out? Or did you fall into it? How did that happen? So I've always loved real estate. But I was actually planning to go uh, get my master's in psychology. And then Mauricio said, hey, you know, we're going to start our own company, the agency. And I was like, oh, my God. That is perfect. I mean, if we're going to have our own real estate company, I love real estate. I actually was starting to lean more towards questioning whether I wanted to do more of a business job versus psychology. Just seemed like a very stressful situation. Um, it was just a natural thing. Like I, I wanted to be part of the family business and be there from the get-go.
0: Some of these people that watch these shows, these reality shows, they get extremely invested, right? Like they're, they're, they're in it. Do you ever, you know, through the, throughout the years, ups and downs, both good and bad on the show, if people are attacking your family members or your mom, like how do you handle that?
2: Ignore. You just ignore. Ignore totally. My mom, I, like I laugh that. though. Cause my mom, I'll look and she responds back to all these people all like, she literally like. We'll have full conversations with 10 people saying like, stop stop trolling. Don't, you know, if you don't want to be here, get off. I'm like, mom, why are you even engaging with these people? Like, it's comical to me. It probably gets exhausting. <laughs> it's like Chinese
1: torture when you get poked over and over and over again. At one minute, you're just like, come on, like, get off my back.
2: I have to defend myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys know. I'm sure you guys get that too. But it just, it's just, it's just an... A name and a stupid comment. Like, I'll either completely disregard it or I'll delete it if it bothers me.
1: And you get to a point, and I mean, I'm sure that your family's dealt with this and you and everyone. You get to a point where it's like, you've heard everything. It's like, yeah, it's not original anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it starts to be boring. It's Totally. Like, like
2: oh, so ugly, <laughs> this, that awful hair whatever it is i'm sure you're like, pristine okay. pamela like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's crazy not everyone can be as perfect but as I mean, you call it At some
0: level that's kind of i mean the show in some ways are designed to get people triggered and engaged i mean i think that's just that speaks yeah. to the success of the franchise yeah. the show doesn't last for 10 years if there's totally. not some controversy well and
1: her, your mom has lasted like longer than any housewife that's ever been on i mean she's like the yeah, like she's the OG. yeah she's the og yeah so i want to talk about your morning routines Okay. okay. I love talking about this Because we've talked a little bit over text message about this. I know you have, and we've talked in person. You told me all about your celery juice maker. Mm-hmm. Tell me your morning routine because it's very, very, very planned out and very methodical.
2: So my morning routine starts out with 20 minute meditation. What time you have to give us so specific? Okay. Well, on Tuesdays I have to wake up at 5.30 for my real estate call. And then the rest of the days I try to wake, around, wake up around 6.30. I get up, make the bed, boyfriend meet him downstairs. We make celery juice with the Breville celery juice maker and that, you know, we have to wash the celery. It's a whole process. It's annoying. Um, but once we get into a routine, it's like, we have to stick with it. After that, we meditate together for 20 minutes on the living room floor. Then we have to make our whole other green juice concoction, which consists of like a green powder with the, um, glutamine powder mixed in, Drop of chlorophyll, mix it all together, have that. Then we're ready for coffee. Then we separate ways and start our emails, start our day. And from then it's off to the races. Because in my job, everything, you know, every day is so different.
1: And how has every day different? Like, is it like sometimes you're at the office, sometimes you're at home?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm either showing properties, you know, searching for new properties for my buyer clients, getting houses ready to come on the market. Or, you know, planning, marketing, and advertising, and open houses, and stuff like that.
1: And you're really up on your fitness and wellness. Like, you went, I feel like you went through a transformation. I mean, you think, well, I mean, your body, like, has always looked amazing. But, like, you just have, I feel like you've really figured out what works for you.
2: Yes, I was inspired by turning 30 and just saying, hey, I, I just, I need to get my act together. I've always been very obsessed health conscious doesn't mean that I follow everything perfectly, but I like knew I know exactly what you should be doing. And then finally I found some, you know, something that worked for me before I turned 30, which was simply don't eat as much. And what I found was when I eat breakfast in the morning, I am hungry all day long. And it'll make me want to have a snack and then lunch and then another snack. So now I try really not to eat until late in the afternoon. Probably not the healthiest no, it probably way. is. Maybe for some is. people believe in intermittent fasting. Other people say, Oh, you're gonna ruin your metabolism. I don't know, but for me, simply consuming less calories and then of course working out, et cetera, is work is what works for me.
0: There's a weird American thing where, you know, like you grow up and say, You have to finish everything off your plate. I think it's just it's just a, no. a strange way to be there. I can't remember there's a football player that is fuck he's fucking jacked. And his and his um his whole tip was like as soon as he's fully stops eating right if you assume yeah. like whatever meal he's that's having as soon as he stops well people think it's wasteful for food i think that's more of a problem with the portions exactly. that we serve so it's but the, exactly. the person should not feel obligated like if i go to a restaurant and it's a it's a giant beef plate i'm not gonna eat the whole thing i'm gonna, right just impossible. take it
1: to go i always ask if they can do half orders and if they can't i just take the rest to go it's simple Exactly. it sounds like you cu- you cu- do intermittent fasting yes basically how, how basically. did you two
0: get connected i don't even know if i know that we met story.
1: on instagram but yeah.
0: There's a lot of people meeting on Instagram.
1: It's yeah. so funny. No, because I think on Instagram the like-mindedness attracts the like-mindedness, and like I think, is really interested in um, optimizing and hacking her life yes. in every way possible, and like we just connected on that.
0: Nobody's reaching out to me. I'm not meeting anybody on Instagram. <laughs>
1: no, okay. I, I uh, love he, that. You guys, he wants you to reach out to him. <laughs> well, I don't
0: know, but I, I, I hang out with like four people, and two and three of them are my dogs and Lauren. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 rare.
1: I want to talk about real estate because. I am so overwhelmed on what to do. Like, do I buy a house? Do I rent? What do I do? Can you speak on that a little bit? And speak on it from for like twenty-five to thirty-five.
0: She's like, everybody, back. everybody buy a house.
2: Uh, <laughs> you know uh, she's like, everybody buy a house. Totally. Um, well, you know, interest rates are low. Okay. So it is definitely a good time to buy. However, In LA especially, pricing is still extremely high. So we've been in just like this bubble of inflated prices and sellers asking for this aspirational pricing. But what I would say for first time home buyers is that if you find something you love, you should just buy it because the truth is this cycle has continued to push and push. And yes, eventually it's going to have to pop or, you know, whatever they say, but if you find something you love, now is the now is the right time because who knows when it's gonna become a buyer's market. And in terms of actually going through the process, because it is very overwhelming, you need a trusted advisor, you know? And there's a lot of ins and outs. You need somebody to teach you what is the better neighborhood? Why is one side of the street better than the other side of the street? What house is not to buy? You know, walk you through the inspections, the disclosures, the whole escrow process. Like there's so many ins and outs. So there's a lot of information.
0: Let's talk about some of the loan types and some of the mistakes that first time young, let's say young, because there's a lot of young people, young homebuyers make when buying a home. Because I think that that's something to talk about. One, they don't know, okay, how am I going to come up with this loan? How am I going to get a loan? And two, like what's the right what's the right mortgage payment to pay, but, you know, what's the right down payment? I think if you could speak on that a little bit, there's a lot, we we haven't addressed it on the show. I'm Never, happy. To that's why I take. was
1: really excited to um, have you on.
0: But I think there's a lot of confusion out there, right? Like right now there's a, renting's, you know, it's not cheap. There's, it's very difficult to get deductions with renting. Mm-hmm. But I think speaking on how um, to buy and when to buy and how much to buy is important.
2: So I would say in terms of getting a loan, I recently represented some buyers who, One online and we were submitting offers with a Quicken Loans application. And I quickly realized that other agents, like listing agents, were not taking those offers very seriously. So quickly had to revise our process. And what I did was I connected them with my contacts because they had been wanting to use their own connections. But I had to kind of like take over. And I introduced them to a contact that I have at Wells Fargo. And it could be multiple other banks, doesn't really matter. Um, But you want to definitely shop for the best rates around. Don't just talk to one person because they're a family friend or something like that. You know, do your research. And then now you can do something which is get uh, advanced underwriting approval. So not just coming in with a pre-loan approval, which is kind of, you know, anyone could get a letter from the bank that says that. But what I had them do was go through the whole loan process before they even found the house that they wanted. So by the time they found the house that they wanted... We were able to shorten the escrow period. We were able to shorten the contingency period and remove the loan contingency with our offer. So when you're a first time buyer in this, you know, in the, let's say one to 2 million or less price point, there's a lot of competition still. And there's a lot of people submitting offers because the inventory for good homes in that price range is low. So in this scenario, there were eight other offers but because we were able to get the underwriting up front, we beat out all the other offers. So I would say step one, do your research. Um, try to get advanced underwriting, uh, you know, your loan up front if you can. And then once you're, you find the house that you want, it's really a good idea to write a letter to the sellers. Like they love that with, you know, a one-page brief letter with your picture, your story, kind of give some card, you know, some sort of personality or like emotion attached to the offer. So it's not just numbers on paper.
0: Well, I think the 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 one thing that I also wanna discuss is when it comes like a lot of people are overwhelmed by the down payment. Mm-hmm. For right. first-time buyers, let's say, let's say the house is under a million dollars, right? Let's say average household income of listeners that listen to the show is like 75K, right? So a house under a million bucks, what is a down payment that someone could comfortably put down on a, on a home like that? And how do they get those loans?
2: So typically it's expected between 20 and 30%. Um, some people can do 15 recently. I, I had a deal where the buyer did, was doing 15%, the seller wasn't super comfortable with that. But I had I let him know that it doesn't really matter as long as we get reassurance from the bank, yep. you know, what the percentage is. But the range is typically between 15 and 30, with 20 being about average.
1: So if someone's out there in any area of the world, how can they find someone who's a really damn good real estate agent? Like how, how do you weed through the ones that aren't
2: good to find the gem? To find really good agents It is a referral business and usually somebody you know that you trust probably has a few great people that they've worked with. So I would say ask your friends, but make sure they know the area that you want to live in. You want like an expert in your area. So once you pick your area, try to find people that you know that have worked with agents in that area. Once you get a few names, I would say it's a really good idea to speak with those three agents or whatever it is. And look at their track work record, what have they sold in the neighborhood, make sure that you guys are a good fit. You know, some personalities vibe and some don't. So you definitely wanna do your research. I mean, I wouldn't say some agents rely heavily on their like Zillow reviews, but for example, I don't I think I have one review on Zillow. So for me that would not be, you know, something I would say, but I think just asking people you trust to give referrals of people that they trust and then making sure that those align with the neighborhoods that you are interested in. If there's
1: someone out there that wants to get into real estate, you've done such a good example, you know, the way you've done it, in my opinion. Like if I wanted to get into real estate, I would look at what you've done. Can you sort of give us the blueprint? Like how you, I mean, obviously Mauricio, but it's more than that. Like you put in the work, like how did you even decide to get in it? And what were the steps you you took to
2: get in it? Well, I decided because it was just, you know, our family business that was starting and I loved real estate and I I already grew up around it. So I had a lot of experience even coming into it. But I think there's two separate things in terms of other agents coming into the business. I would say... It really helps to start out as an assistant to a top agent or to a team. And that's actually what I did with Mauricio. I was his assistant for three years before I went off onto my own, like doing everything for him. And that is such a good way for you to learn the business, get experience, and not have to rely on like the commissions that come every once in a blue moon. Like you can be making a salary, gaining credibility, and getting a lot of experience. So I would say start there. You don't need to have a lot of deals under your belt to get a vast knowledge of learning all the data, all the comps. So I always tell people who are looking to get into the business, pick a few neighborhoods that you want to focus on and learn everything about those neighborhoods. Like learn all the houses that have sold, learn the average price per square foot, learn the average sales price, read up on articles on who bought what. That way you are the expert in that area, even if you haven't you know, sold any homes yet. Another really good tip is sitting open houses for other agents. And what does that mean? I, so basically, even if you have no listings, you're a brand new agent, you have nothing. A lot of agents sit other agents open houses. So if one agent, let's say, if I have five open houses this Sunday and I can only be at one, other age I'll say to some, you know, who can help me with my other four open houses? So you should be that agent to volunteer to help sit those open houses. And that's because when you order your open house signs, you can order 20 of them. People don't really think of that. They think, let me just you know, put one or two in front of the house, put 20 of them around the neighborhood. So start having your name be exposed in that neighborhood. And that's just like marketing for yourself. Mm-hmm. Then people are coming to the open house and you're meeting people. And that's what you should be, do- be doing. You should be meeting new people, making new connections. You should not be afraid to call your whole database and let people know that you're in real estate. A lot of people are like afraid to do that because they think they're bothering them.
1: And how are how do you use social media to market yourself or do you not use it? because that's
2: a it's a tough thing with real estate i would I would think. So before it was just simply a post of a fo- you know of a property here and there or just sold or just listed. I'm trying to make the extra effort now to take the time to do the behind the scenes stories of you know, the open houses or showing what's going on. and I'm gonna try to take that a step further in the future because I think, one thing in real estate and in any industry is you really have to be adaptive to change. It's like, it's so huge. Before we just had print marketing and, you know, print ads. And now everyone is doing these social media videos in real estate. So you kind of have to like keep up with the times. And whether that means just a simple video that you do yourself or getting, you know, a production company to do a, s- a small little video, um, I think that's just where we are in the future.
1: I also think it solidifies you as the expert in that area. And so when people think of real estate, Beverly Hills, they think of your name because you've already sort of content marketed as the expert just through social. So even if they don't end up buying a house from you, it puts you in the top of their mind for the real estate person
2: to go to in Beverly Hills. Absolutely. And then if a seller, for example, is thinking of hiring you, or, you know, talking to five different people. And then they're going to check your social media. That's what the, you know, the day and age that we live in. If they can check your social media, it's kind of like verifying your business card. If they see, okay, that they're actually active, they have all these listings, they're taking the time to do these videos. It's kind of an extra layer of credibility, I think.
1: What are some hacks that you do every day or once a week or a couple times a week that you think make a difference in your productivity? So I'm,
2: Completely obsessed with this. Like I, like you, like to ask everybody, like, what do you do to be productive? I'm obsessed with like work life balance. How do people s- organize? And in reading that book, Essentialism, I just started. Like that is the. Guys, He's trying coming to, on the show? I told I her. I'm so. She texted so cool. me. The book I can't wait to hear. It. But like you were saying before about the perfectionist thing. Like I can't do everything and I want to be really good at like a few things. So I'm working on that, which is saying no to certain things, Um, trying to monotask. I used to think I was so cool because I could multitask so well, but I'm really trying to time block and monotask. Can you give us examples
1: of what that means?
2: Like give us something that you time block at or you monotask at. Well, I'll tell you a little funny story. So on Sunday, I, you know, had the tip of doing your, the six, things to do priorities for the next day. So I did that on Sunday and it really does take the guessing out of where to start your day because I wake up with so many emails and so overwhelmed. And then this is just like, okay, at least do these things in order. Um, I need quiet. I'm like, I need natural light. I'm like such a freak. I have to have a perfect workspace or else like I can't deal. So that has to be perfect. And then, um, just going through the most important things first and then, just trusting that everything else is going to get done. But the hardest thing in real estate is prospecting, which is making those contacts, you know, making those calls whether they're cold calls or warm leads or whatever it is. That's the most important thing we can do because this is that is the business we're in. The more prospects you do, the more listings, which means the more business and the more buyers. But if you don't actually take one or 2 hours out of the day to reach out to people, it will just get pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because I have escrows. I have listings to bring on the market. I have things that seem so much more important because they're like a bird in hand. But if you don't do prospecting, then you're never going to grow your business.
0: I think that's the same for every business, though. There's a lot of people that hit a wall because they, you know, like, I'm not a networker. I don't like to network. But what happens is when you do that, you limit yourself. Are you yourself. talking about me? Are, are you are you identifying <laughs> with this? Uh, no, it's true. I mean, even people, I hate
2: networking, by the way. I hate it. I hate sure. it.
0: Networking <laughs> the way it's traditional. <laughs> We're going to like a meet and greets, but it's important to build a network of individuals that can help you grow, right? Like a lot of people, even in the, like running their, their media and the podcast space, People that are relying on like a booking agent to get guests on their show, it's not the same as having a relationship you can reach out to someone and say, hey, do you want to... It's important because those people go and spread the word not only to listeners, but to other guests and say, hey, come on the show. There, but pe- yeah. the way you put it is actually taking the time to reach out and build those relationships. It's, it's extremely important for any business.
2: Right. And also not only taking the time, but literally putting on your calendar and making it non-negotiable. And I'm still working on this. This is something our my real estate coach drives in every single day. Like if you're not going to do this, then don't even bother coaching with me. And I'm like, okay, I'll start tomorrow. Like it's so hard because so many things are coming at you every single day. So to block off and put your phone away and like, you know, go to your landline or whatever, and just do that for two hours. Seems like the whole world is going to collapse in those two hours. So, I'm really trying to just get in that routine more and more and just make it like no matter what happens, that's what's happening in those hours. Everyone so has many. the
1: same pressures. It's so funny. <laughs> I like, I relate to so many things you're saying right now, just in a different line yeah. of work. It's the same. It's so funny. It's like, put the phone away. You need to write for two hours.
0: I mean, there's so many people that are working so hard and they look over into their contemporaries or their peers and they're getting in the people that aren't working as hard. It seems like they're getting further ahead, but it's because they're making the right connections and, and growing the right network. It's, you know, you can work and work and work and work, but if you don't grow your network and build the right infrastructure to help get the word out for whatever you're doing, you're, you're, you're fucked. You're in trouble. You can't exactly. you can't grow. There's only so far you can go.
2: Right. And I think what you said before, like the like-minded things, I think maybe it's either as we're getting older or as we're really focused on whatever we're doing in our life, I think we're attracting certain like-minded individuals. And like, I think it's so great, like supporting each other and kind of driving on certain things. Um, and, extending our network while doing so
1: Your boyfriend is a very very hard worker and a hustler and he's very driven and um, just a gnarly businessman how do you oh guys make time for your relationship when you're both so career focused? We
2: may, I mean we are basically we're working all day but he ends work around eight I end around seven we come we're pretty, we're pretty much you know together every single night we spend weekends together. When we're not working, we spend a lot of our time together. And he is such a hard worker and he's definitely like a reminder every day, like an inspiration every single day because he's like no excuses, you know, um, and just such a big personality and so inspiring. So being around that has definitely helped in this whole like movement of myself of just like, Yes, I was doing very well before, but now I'm really ready to like do really well. And he's definitely a huge part of that.
1: I was talking to my friend the other day about the importance of picking a good teammate. Oh Are you God. looking at me so you can get... <laughs> I'm wondering uh, if
0: you picked a good one or not. I'm going to see what you It have to depends
1: say. on the day. But but I th- it is really important to pick a teammate because it does either elevate you or or
2: take you down. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's, it's like swimming. Yeah. Of. I mean, how do you guys... Navigate working together, do living we? together. Do, do, do it.
1: <laughs> now we we navigate it by, um, I think, by actually just throwing ourselves into it and then adjusting. Like for instance, like if he, like if I can't talk about work after ten o'clock, it's time to go to bed. Well, I'll tell you the right.
0: main thing is like, no matter how ambitious I am or how ambitious Lauren is, like whatever's going on in the business, I always tell people like I would throw everything away. I would I would shut down this company and shut down everything sacrifice all the mo- I wouldn't, I don't care about any of it as long as our relationship is first. Right. And so people, they get fucked up because they start doing these things They and they put their businesses and things that don't necessarily matter in front of their relationship that does right. matter. Right. And so for us, as long as you keep that perspective and you know, right. you're working on things together, then it's fine. I, I never yeah. understood the people that want to work their whole life to achieve this crazy goal, but they have nobody to celebrate it with. It makes I never no sense either. to me.
2: So you have a gem. Sometimes. It's, it depends on <laughs> what right. and,
0: and you're doing things for probably, like, you know, the people that have that insecurity that are working towards those things to build for people that don't necessarily care. For me, like, if, if my wife's not happy and my family's not happy, then it's like, what's the point of building all of right. this?
1: I also think that what makes a relationship successful, and you guys do this, you mentioned it earlier, is little things every day that it's like a little habit. Like for instance, you guys wake up and you make celery juice together. And Mm -hmm. like, that's such a, it's a little thing, but it's ways to spend time with each other every day. You meditate together. Like Michael and I like to read together, you know, just little tiny things that you have in common that make up the big picture.
2: And also telling each other that you appreciate each other, like constantly, you know, I'll just, he'll just say, you know, thank you for being so great today, or that was really helpful tear! appreciative. <laughs> so we're constantly like showing each other appreciation, like all day long. And it's really great. But I'm curious to know how you guys, who you spend so much time together. So do you have to like schedule time where you're like, like we're, break?
1: we're well, we schedule time. I think I, I mean, it's like, like for like, it's, hours. It's, of says, it's not in the calendar, but it's like, when we get off work, we hang out.
0: Well, what's, what's interesting with this show is that this show has actually made us spend more time together because I've always had my own thing. She's always had her own thing. Like, you know, the office we're in right now is my office. She'll go to her office after. So if we get to come together on this. It's nice okay. because we get to connect. And do, But at the same time, like we spend a lot of time apart, but just p- people see us together a lot. So I think right. it's in, I think it's important for couples to, to be together, but also take time apart where, you know, when I come home from work and she comes home from work, where there's something to talk about. There's something to connect on. Like what happened in your day? We're not hanging on each other's hips all day long mm-hmm. saying, what's going on? What are you up to? A lot of the time, like someone asked me the other day where I was with a group of friends and they're like, Where's Lauren doing? I was like, I have no idea. No idea what she's doing. She's <laughs> yeah. having a full on affair. I have no I idea. I can find out. Just yeah. like at in my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You can tune into my think story. That's important too, right? <laughs> like in. to separate and have things outside of the relationship, right? There's right. so many couples that like their whole life is based around that relationship. You know, right. you guys, when you guys went to dinner that night, I have no idea where you were or, where, or when she was coming home. That's good. That, yeah. I think that's healthy. For sure. I. Young couples that get in these relationships and they're attached at the hip. I said, don't do that because you have to stretch that to, you know, if it's a serious relationship, you have to stretch that 10, 20, 30 years, especially if you get married.
1: So true. Yeah, definitely.
0: You have to have your own thing.
1: What is a book, a podcast, a resource that you can recommend to our audience
2: that you feel like it's brought you a lot of value? Okay. Well, I found this podcast called Unfuck Your Brain. This woman named Cara Lowenthal. She's a Harvard Yale, uh, she went to Harvard NTL. And she is actually a master coach. And I just I came across it because I was like, oh, this is interesting. Unfuck your brain. And then each, each um, episode was about like perfectionism, overwhelm, anxiety, productivity, optimizing, like every single thing. And I started listening and they're just short. They're like 15 minutes. But I felt like this, I, I was like, I had to know her. So I went to her website. And I was like, forget that. went to her Instagram, TM'd her, and I was like, how do I sign up with you? And so she responded, and now I'm doing her whole program. And she's become like this. I I think she's like a mini celebrity because she's so smart, and it's about thought work. Her each episode um, is about thought work and how to, yeah, optimize your life. And so, yeah, she's amazing. Where do you think personally
0: for you the need for perfectionism comes from? Because I I think both of us have had to deal with stuff like that Mm -hmm. too. Where where do you think that, where do you think the root of that is?
2: I think I was just born that way. It's not my parents. I don't think. Um, I think firstborns get attention by,
1: by, by um, being perfect. And I put that in quotes. Maybe. But
2: yeah, by the way, perfectionism is not like, I'm not trying to be perfect. I like to try to do things perfectly. And that is the difference. But like, I'm just learning like, that is not a good way to live life of trying to just do everything perfectly. It can cause so much stress sometimes. Like, it's okay to make a mistake. I, I also think, too, like what I really, really like about
1: you and I'm really attracted about to you is that you are constantly looking to better yourself. I, I was talking to my friend the other day and she said, um, you know, one of her friends said, the, said to her, I don't, I, this is how I am this is how I'm always going to be. Mm-hmm. And I told her, if if I said, this is how I am, this is how I'm going to be, shoot me. I want to be way, a better version of myself tomorrow. Exactly. I want to be a better version of myself in five years. And I think you, you are, it seems
2: like you're always like seeking. Totally. I am. And I've seen that in you too. And Yeah. I mean, what is the point if we're not constantly trying to better ourselves? And this is also something that Alex, my boyfriend, he's been doing for a long time. Like every day he's trying to do better, you know, be a better person, you know, just be the best person he can be. And I think, what is the point of being here if we're not constantly doing that? Like, why would we get stuck in the story of ourselves and all these, and any limiting beliefs? And it's just, it's not going to turn out well.
0: There's a lot of coaches confusing people when they say, accept yourself. Right. It's like it's good to I think love yourself and, and and know that you're enough. But the whole idea of accepting yourself and becoming complacent just I don't yeah, understand that's it. So like, true. The whole idea of being a human being on this earth is to get better, right? Is to improve. Accepting yourself, you might as well just give up and die.
2: Right. I think it is loving yourself for who you are, but don't create these narratives or stories about who you think you are, because then you'll just get stuck in that. Like those are just thoughts in your head. And that's kind of what it They teach on the podcast like you can change those stories like these are simply thoughts and and feelings and they can be changed and it's a lot easier than you think. I think
1: I need to listen to this podcast because it sounds like it's thinking with your logic, not your emotion. Totally. Yes, it is.
2: It's totally that. Yeah. Yes. I need to listen. Would love it. I okay. Think. You got to send me. A I screenshot. mean, I, it was so crazy that I literally found it. It was like eight hours in. And then I was like, I, I need to, I need to get on this. Okay. I, I had to reach out to her like that second because I felt like we were best friends and I had to know her and you know, those like moments. So. You need to come on the skinny confidential blog and do like
1: Farah's like top 10 hacks. And like start, oh, need to, I need to hear yours. Start writing down like, like little hacks that you have like this and you have to come on and share them. I would love to. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Give us your Instagram, your you website, everything.
2: Find me on, um, at Farrah Britt. That's F like Frank, A double on Instagram. And actually my website is linked on my Instagram. So you can, you know, see all my properties there. And that's all. And guys, go to her Instagram stories and like look at the fitness and the wellness ones. You'll really, really like it. I know everyone will love that. Oh, I've just started to like, you know, curate my highlights. So it's a lot more easier to, to follow these certain things. You so. have really good highlights. I was looking at them the other
1: day and oh, like I was watching the whole thing. You know, when you just tap past someone, it was the opposite. <laughs> thank you for coming on.
2: Thank you guys so much. Thank I you. A lot of fun
1: want to win some cute TSC cheeky pink Barbie stickers for your hydro flask or skincare fridge, just tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at the skinny confidential and one person from the team will slide into your inbox and send you some stickers. Mine are all over like I said, my skincare fridge. It looks so cute. And we will see you on Tuesday for a fun episode with Wesley and Bruno. Guys, they are a couple that know their shit when it comes to kids, pregnancy, and just realness in general. They are so refreshing. And I'm very excited for this episode. Big thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show. We appreciate it. We see you on iTunes. We see you getting up in there. Taylor sees it. And with that, we will see you on Tuesday.